When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And why does Justin Fields, why is he out there apologizing? Why are so many of you taking this the wrong way? You should feel happy that we have a player who is in as invested, as as gutted as the rest of us. And I know, you know, and I love I love going on Twitter and seeing the talk of the, hey, I've been rooting for this team. I've been rooting for this team since 52. Don't tell me that Justin, yeah, Justin feels it, it is his, it is his career. Uh, I think it means a lot to him. I think that he's the one getting chased down by that Packers defense, being harangued as Sam Mustafer is tossed to the, to the side. Like I toss my boy away. Sometimes, like I think Justin Fields cares, and the fact that he has to come out and clarify his statements, it's not embarrassing to Justin, it's embarrassing to you. Bears fans, we need to do better. And Sammy, let's start the show. Turn up your volume, your volume. because you're about to listen to the sick podcast, the sick podcast. with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Welcome to the Sick Podcast. It's me, Adam Rank, and we've got a great show lined up for you today. It's week three of the NFL season. The Bears are going to be taking on the Houston Texans. We have the voice of the Houston Texans, uh, Mark Vandermeer is going to be joining us. And of course, Jason Braddock will be joining us also later on in the show. He's also a fantasy enthusiast. So when we do this, uh, we're going to have two two different voices for the Houston Texans, but uh, also do a little bit of fantasy. So don't worry about that. We're going to be all good. We're going to be all set up. And uh, it's an interesting game because, of course, Lovey Smith will be returning to Soldier Field for the second time as an opposing head coach. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And we're really excited for this game, an opportunity for the Bears to get Right once again, not to not to diminish. I mean, I have a lot of respect for this Houston team, but an opportunity for the Bears, a team that's one and one. You open the season with the San Francisco 49ers, who were in the NFC Championship game last year, the Green Bay Packers, who were the number one seed. So I think coming through that stretch at one and one, even the most optimistic of Bears fans, which I would consider myself one of, said, listen, if we're one and one heading into the Houston game, which should be a competitive matchup. I think we should feel pretty good about ourselves. And you know what else I feel pretty good about? Oh, the air quality in my house. Now, you might not be aware of this, 
But I live in Southern California where we're ravaged by wildfires, pollution. COVID cases are on the rise because the kids are back in school. And so what I did is I decided that I wanted to protect my family. I wanted to clean the air in this household. And I got an air purifier. And I got one from Air Pura. Oh, I, I could not have made a better selection. This thing has done wonders. My family breathing easier every night. And it's just, it's quiet. You wouldn't even know it was there. It looks like, it just looks like modern decor. Like it just looks like a cool piece. Like I went out there and I purchased an R5D4. Thanks to every Star Wars fan who, by the way, corrected me last week. I get it. But listen, if you want to clean the air in your house, I suggest you go and check out Air Pura, uh, a new sponsor here at the Sick Podcast. And we are so fortunate to have them on board. We're also fortunate to be joined uh, today with uh, one of the great voices around the NFL. We have a guy who has been the voice of the Houston Texans since their inception. So when David Carr was out there leading the Houston Texans to a victory in in their very first game against the Dallas Cowboys, he was on the call. And he can remember every single moment of the last, uh, what has it been, like 90 years? I don't know what it is, but listen, it's time for Rank's Rival, and we got a great one today. And please, without further ado, welcome Mark Vandermeer. We are so excited. We are so honored to have you aboard. Thank you for being here today. It's my pleasure, Adam. Really looking forward to this one. And yeah, I guess I'm the rival. These two teams don't meet that much, yeah, so no. it's always special. There's no heat. There's there's legitimate. We love, everybody still loves Lovey Smith. David Carr is a friend of mine, so I, I I have no heat with Houston. It's a lovely city. We talked before the show. I thought an underrated, I thought an underrated uh, Super Bowl host city. What do you What did you think? Oh, the Texans. Well, Houston, but the Texans Houston. were part of the Super Bowl committee. Uh, did a really nice job with the last one following the 2016 season. I think the one following the 2003 season was pretty good as well. And Tom yeah. Brady won both those games, which was kind of <laughs> weird. Uh, Notable. I guess he's won a lot of games, so a lot of Super Bowl cities can say that. There was another Super Bowl in Houston, 1973. Oh, Miami and Minnesota at Rice Stadium. It's kind of a forgotten Super Bowl site. But yeah, Houston hosted the Super Bowl back then outdoors. Rice Stadium held 70,000 people. They've only recently reconfigured that to have a smaller crowd. Oh my gosh, the Houston and football history. Uh it's so rich and it's so and it's great. You know, and it, it, it no, I, I love I love the the city of Houston. I love the history, you know, everything that happened with the Oilers. That's always gutting to me. And so I am glad to see the Texans back. And I think the team is starting to come along. You know, I mentioned this at the top of the show. A lot of Bears fans, you know, and this is ca- I think this is a casual take where you look at the Texans, you're like, well, that should be a win. But this team looks like they're really starting to put something together. Yeah, defensively, Adam, that's where it's at for the Houston Texans. And even though it's Lovey Smith's first year as a head coach here, he was the defensive coordinator last year. So yeah. I think what you're looking at is year two in the Lovey defensive program with a lot of returning talent, but they've added a lot of faces that are making a difference. Rasheem Green, Jerry Hughes, these guys are making plays. They've got the rookies on the back end with Derek Stingley Jr. and Jalen Petrie. So that side of the ball, they're really competitive. First two games, coulda, woulda, shoulda won those games, right? A lot of teams say that in this league. Couldn't close out in the fourth quarter. It's offensively where they're really challenged right now and need to improve quickly. 
Yeah, how how good has Stingley been playing? Because I know there was a chance they could have gone with Sauce Gardner as well. They went with Stingley. How's that pick been working out? I think Stingley's been playing well. You know, he missed a little bit of chunk of uh, time in the training camp period, but he's come on strong. Sutton had over 100 yards receiving against him last week for Denver. But And people are talking about that. Oh, my gosh, the rookie. Yeah. Listen, that's a veteran receiver. They put him on an island with Sutton. Russell Wilson's no dummy. I'm going to try it. He tried it. It worked pretty well for them. But at the end of the day, you look at the scoreboard, it's 16 points for the Broncos in their home gym with Russell yeah. Wilson. You'll take yeah. that every single time. I don't care what team, who you are. You hold them to 16. You expect to win. They only scored nine. They lose. Yeah, that's one of the things. Uh, we're talking about mirrored franchises because Kyler Gordon was picked on by Aaron Rodgers on Sunday Night Football. And the Bears fans are the same way. They're like, what's wrong with this guy? You're like, well, he's going up against the Hall of Famer being <laughs> left on a Like, these things are going to happen, I think, with both uh, Stingley and Kyler Gordon. This will be an instance where we look back on five years from now and be like, remember when these guys used to be picked on and now nobody wants to look in their direction? You mentioned the offense. And – Davis Mills is a quarterback that I have always kind of liked. You know, I'm out, again, I'm out here on the West Coast. I always like Stanford quarterbacks. I thought Kevin Hogan was going to transition to be a, a solid pro, but unfortunately that didn't work out. But I was optimistic about Davis Mills. What have we seen? I know that you said, you know, scoring nine points against Denver isn't great, but I think that he's starting to really develop into a nice passer. Well, they really liked the way he finished off last season. You know, he, he got thrust into the lineup way too early in week two last year, sat for a while after appearing in a few games, about six starts. Tyrod Taylor came back. Then they put Mills back in, and he plays well down the stretch. They beat the Chargers at home. They beat the Jags. They had yeah. pretty solid games against the 49ers. Last year's last year, though. This year, what you're seeing, he only threw for 50% completions against the Broncos, and that's got to be better. He's the first one to tell you that. And on opening weekend, had two touchdown passes to O.J. Howard. They had a 20-3 to yeah. lead to the Colts, but they blew that. Look, he's on the rise still. He's got to get better. He's, you know, he's still going like this. He's still improving, but it's mm -hmm. got to happen fast because this is a very big year for the Texans with that position. If Mills doesn't establish himself as the guy of the future, maybe the present, but at least – hey, this is going to be our guy moving forward, then they have to set themselves up to draft a quarterback in 2023. They have two first-round picks in 2023 and two first-round picks in 2024, thanks to the Watson deal. So yeah. that's good, but you'd prefer not use them on a quarterback, so Mills has to fill that gap. Now, so far, it's been okay, but you got to see more. You're o you're not 0-2, you're 0-1-1, and yeah. you're looking for a win this weekend. Yeah, you didn't open with two losses, so you got to look at the yeah. bright side of that. And I too, and, and and I was looking at it this morning. Since week fourteen of last season, his passer ratings up around one hundred. His touchdown to interception ratio is actually really good. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of positives. That do you feel like? And you know, we're going through this in Chicago, where people are like, "Well, the quarterback issue. Uh, it, it's there. We got to look at it for a quarterback." But both these guys were drafted in the same class. Of course, Davis was drafted in the third round. You mentioned that you have two draft picks in 2024. Doesn't it just make sense that Davis should be given this entire season and maybe mm -hmm. maybe move this move this decision down to 2024? Yeah, and I think he will be given the entire season unless it's a complete flameout. And I don't expect that at all from Mills. No. Mills is a really talented guy, and he should be able to get results. And they're running the ball better than they did last year. Damian Pierce, this rookie from Florida, looks pretty mm -hmm. good so far. You'll see plenty of him Sunday at Soldier Field. I just think 
look, they, they have to be able to give Mills the runway to get better. And I feel the same way about all these quarterbacks from the class of 2021, Fields included. you got to give these guys time. Nobody has any patience anymore. Everybody expects Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson <laughs> or somebody like that to just burst out of the gate. Look at Josh Allen. Look, Josh yeah. Allen right away. It, wasn't, it was looking okay, but uh, is it really going to work out? But what did they do, Adam? And, you know, David Carr will be the first one to tell you this. Everyone's got to get better. You always yeah. have to get better, no matter what the position is, but especially at the quarterback position. You have to continue to rise, and if you don't, well, it's going to be a different situation. You'll be a backup or whatever happens, happens. Yeah, that's always um, – I mean, that's the run of any quarterback, and a lot of it comes down to, like you said, running the football, the offensive line. Now, mm -hmm. Damian Pierce is of special interest to me because I've drafted him in all my fantasy leagues. Um, Rex Burkhead, but what happened in week one? Because all of a sudden you guys are up 20-3. to three. And you're like, this is the time when we should see Damian Pierce. It was Rex Burkhead. You mentioned it a second ago. We're expecting to see a lot of him at Soldier Field. Do you do you imagine, selfishly, do you imagine that Damian Pierce is going to be the bell cow running back of this offense at some point? He has to be. There's nowhere else to go. Look, they love having Rex Burkhead on the team, and he's the kind of guy you want on your team. Ten-year vet, mm -hmm. does everything right. Great example yeah. for the younger players. Real solid at pass protection, but – Opening weekend, he has 14 carries. Pierce has 11. Eh, Lovey Smith wasn't too happy about that. He publicly said it. So the next week, Pierce has 15, and Rex is still in the game in third down situations and stuff like that. But I think Pierce needs even more touches. They threw yeah. him the ball. He had a catch. First play of the game, they tried to throw him the ball. It was incomplete because it was a blown-up play. They need to find ways to get him the ball in space. He's a punishing runner. He will make the defense feel it. And one thing I don't like is that it just doesn't seem to be that deep a group. I mean, they're solid, but they're not deep. And I guess it's yeah. a lot to ask for in this league. Uh, they don't have the depth of even the Bears, let's say, at, at the running back position. So it's something they're going to work on as Nick Casario continues to develop the roster. Yeah, I thought it was a great pick. We saw him. He was in a, a timeshare committee at Florida, still ended up with 16 touchdowns. So I still hope that that, that translates – after week three, obviously. How's the offensive line coming along? I know that's always been something like, listen, you, you hang out with David Carr long enough, the offensive line's going to be mentioned. How's it coming in Houston? Yeah, and you know, in, in David's defense here, the plan for him was Baselli at left tackle and Ryan yeah. Young at right tackle, and we're going to be great on the offensive line. Never mind, good. And it'll, yeah. it'll help the rookie quarterback. We're going to smash the ball with the ground game. And that defense was good. David will be the first to tell you that, oh, too. Yeah. Uh, they beat Pittsburgh his rookie year with three defensive touchdowns and only 47 total yards of offense. I think that's still an NFL record, if I'm not mistaken. Got it. But anyway, you do need the line. This line with Laramie Tunsil at left tackle, that's good. Titus Howard at right tackle. He's had some moments, but it's year four. And unfortunately for him, he's been moved around a lot throughout his career. He needs to stay at right tackle, his natural position. They just lost Justin Britt for a while, and I don't know how long that's going to be, but he's on the non-football reserve list. And, you know, I do believe Kenyon Green, this rookie from Texas A&M, is going to be one yeah. to watch. He's a people mover. He's a rookie, though. A lot of these guys, you know, you've talked to a lot of these linemen. Sometimes they tell you, yeah, it took me two, three years to figure it out. Two or three years? <laughs> I need it Sunday. But we want it now. Your point is valid, you know, that that's a really nuanced thing, even though it's a brutal position. There are a lot of nuances to playing it. They got to get good. Yeah, we I, again, the Bears, these mirrored franchises going through it with some rookie players as well. Tevin Jenkins, you know, they they put in at right guard. 
he's looked really good. And at some point you got to just let him go and let him go out there and do the thing. And the guy you were talking about, I remember him coming through the draft process, really, really high opinion of him. So I, I like the future of the Texans. I, I think there's a lot of good things. And you know what? I, I Again, you know, you look at this squad and you look at the wide receivers. Brandon Cooks has been one of the best receivers in the NFL for quite some time. He gets traded for first round picks. DeAndre Hopkins does not, but Brandon Cooks does. And then you have this Nico Collins, who's fantastic. I, I, I think, listen, I don't want it to happen this week, but it feels like this Texans team can pop at some point. Yeah, they need to erupt on that side of the football. I don't know if it's this week either, but they got to find a way to have some sort of, I don't want to call it a stats game. I mean, that's an NBA term, but yeah. they need to you know, just stretch their legs. They need to play like an FCS opponent. Just huh. get going here, you know, and it doesn't exist in the NFL. I just, I think it's really fascinating about this league that it's hard to improve, you know? Everything's so scrutinized training yeah. camp you're literally practicing in public like can i just get some privacy to make some mistakes here while i'm learning oh my, my craft but it doesn't happen in this league everything's so public everything's in a fishbowl and they'll find a way i think to get a lot better in the passing game because they need to there's nowhere to go but up after a 50 percent completion performance opening yeah. week like i said they did better but nico looks good in year two third round draft choice from michigan you mentioned cooks probably the most underappreciated receiver oh. in this league he's a thousand yard machine he got here for a one twice and then a two that's amazing you just don't see that so he's done this with so many different teams eight thousand yard player it's really interesting to follow his career yeah, I, I always feel like, and again, this stems from fantasy football, but like having to convince people that Brandon Cooks is good, I'm like, I don't know why I have to do this. Like he, yeah. he, the the resume speaks for himself, and it feels like this team again, like looking at this, and I remember going over this during the summer. I'm like, gosh, they're so close. It, it feels so close. The division seems up for grabs. You're oh one and one, and yet you're a game out of first place. Like, how does it feel? Like, how do the Texans? How do they feel? I know. And by the way, I appreciate you when you're talking about FCS opponent and saying that there's none. I know you listen, if it wasn't me, you would probably make the joke that it's the bears. And I appreciate no. you not doing. No, no, no. I appreciate you not doing that. No, no, no. You're, you're a nice person. Adam, I have learned the hard way in this league not to underestimate, overestimate anybody, right. any opponent in this league. We see it every weekend. We see weird stuff happening. Look at the Jags and the Colts last week. Right. I, mean, I thought maybe the Jags could possibly win because they always seem to beat the Colts in North Florida. Since but 2014, man, yeah. by that score, are you kidding me? Five sacks on Ryan and the three picks after what the Texans did to him. I thought the Colts would have their house in order. You know, like let's run yeah. down the tail. Oh, let's let's get it together here against Jacksonville. And then they're terrible against Jacksonville. I don't know where they're going, but they always seem to start out slow. But the division is is a fascinating division to me because last year was the first year in a while where they didn't get two playoff teams into the field. And yeah. usually the AFC South was doing that uh, better than advertised division. I, I've been carrying the always. flag for this thing because the Texans playing it. Like if you put, you know, the NFC East logos in the AFC South, we'd have a lot of notoriety. But the problem is no Super Bowls. That tends yeah. to be important, you know, but you had – Three teams over a six-year period make the AFC championship game, and none of them were the Texans, yet the Texans won six out of nine division titles. It's weird stuff to follow, and the division being weak in 15 and 16 enabled the Texans to jump out on top and win the division with nine and seven records. That might happen again this year. Obviously, you can't do nine and seven in the 17-game schedule, but maybe right. nine, seven, and one or something. 
Well, you guys have a leg. You guys have a leg up going nine, seven and one. Long way to go. (laughs) Long way to go. What about Levy though? Uh, I'll, I'll finish it off with this. What is, what does this game mean to Levy Smith? I know that he's played the bears twice before once here, once in Tampa Bay, has he given any sense like this game kind of means a lot? Do the players pick up on that? Do the players even know that he coached in Chicago? I figure they all grew up knowing him as the coach of the Bears. What's been the feeling like around Lovey this week? Listen, around players, don't you have to be careful with whatever references you have that are more than 10 years ago? I mean, let's right. be honest here. Uh, my co-host on the evening shows, John Harris, uh, threw a, hey, did you watch the last dance with Michael Jordan on one of the players? I said, listen, uh, Jordan's last finals was before this guy was born. Okay. Right. Let's remember that. That's like talking to me about, you know, George Mikan. How is that yeah. George Mikan appearance with the Minnesota Lakers or whatever? I mean, come on. Yeah. So these guys, they do know this. They know it intellectually. Uh, maybe they remember something as a kid, but they don't yeah. really understand the full magnitude of what Lovey did in Chicago. They can look back and research it. Uh, Lovey has not been very specific at all about this one means something to me. Now, maybe yeah. he's behind closed doors. I actually did on his show a whole traveling Texans thing. Things to do yeah. in Chicago. Lovey, you know Chicago better than anybody. Should they take a river cruise? Should they take a gangster tour? You know, oh, we were yeah. talking about Wrigley Field. Now, one of the nice stories is Lovey and Dusty Baker being here in this town. Yeah. Had black head coaches of, well, Dusty, obviously a manager, but of their teams. And of also course. Paul Silas with the Rockets. Those three posed for a really nice photo above a building in downtown Houston. It was really cool. Uh, very great image of diversity in this city with the with the head men of these franchises. Very cool moment, and Lovey speaks so highly of Dusty. Obviously, they have a background in Chicago, and uh, we did talk to him about Wrigley Field a bit. That was fun. That's amazing. I, I don't, I don't want to be disappointed because I know that you probably asked him his favorite deep dish. I don't want to know. And uh, he said deep dish. Oh, he would say a specific place. Good, good for him. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. he's politically savvy that way. He's like, I'm not going to mention what. He's so smart. He's so smart. This is why we love. Uh, Lovey Smith, and it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a fun one. And uh, how do you see it? Like, I'll ask. I know. Oh, I know Jason's Jason's waiting. By the way, but okay. listen, Jason, hold on. I got Mark Vandermeer on. This is yeah. not every day that I get a a, a great occurrence like this. Um, let's and Jason, will have some good thoughts. He's at practice a lot, so Jason knows yeah. his Texan stuff. Uh, I don't know if he knows deep dish pizza or not, but this game not- at. Hey, I'll I'll be anybody who gets to twenty wins this game, right? Yeah. I mean, is that your feeling? We, we we might be here a long time waiting for that. <laughs> this is this is seventeen to sixteen kind of stuff here, unless somebody erupts, and maybe it could happen. You know, you could see the Bears going nuts and Fields making plays, running free, and maybe hitting a deep ball or two, and that's it. Uh, and and the Texans play pretty good D, but you can't stop the big play for some reason, or the other way around. Maybe Houston finally finds a way to run the ball a bit. Defense clamps down, get a turnover or two. You know, it's going to be the old close game, turnovers, field position, meat and potatoes football in Chicago. Oh, football the way it's meant to be played, and I can't wait for it. It's going to be a great one. Great to see Lovey Smith on the sideline as well. But listen, Mark, thank you so much for being here. Again, it's a tremendous accomplishment for you to be able to call every game of the Houston Texans franchise. I At some point, hopefully, we can catch up. I want to have a beer with you or just the beverage of your choice. I want to talk about some of these Houston games because they've had a great history there, not just with the Oilers, but of course with the Texans. But thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on, Adam. I really enjoy your work and I really appreciate being on today. Looking forward to it. Well, the pleasure was all on this side of the microphone. Thank you very much. And there he goes. 
the great Mark Vandermeer. And listen, of top, you know, play-by-play guys in the NFL. Now that he's gone, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him this. Now I didn't want to embarrass him, but for me, like when you talk about voices of the NFL, like everybody knows I'm a Matt Money Smith guy, and of course we love Jeff Joniak. I would I Mark's up there with me. Like he's he's part of that crew. Uh, an absolute delight. And of course, again, with my friendship with David Carr, we talked about it. I'm like, hey, like, you know, like this guy seems cool. And then he was. And so it turned out to be very good. Very good for me. Uh, enjoyed that conversation. By the way, want to thank everybody who is listening in on WCKG AM 1530, the Chicago home of the sick podcast. That's right. Every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central, you can catch the sick podcast on AM 1530. WCKG, and it is part of a two-hour cover two of Bears coverage because following us, it's Olin Krutz, who is nominated for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and Jason McKee, uh, a cover two here on WCKG. We cannot thank them enough for, for, for having us. The partnership has been going tremendously. And by the way, let me just say that about Olin Krutz. Love seeing the Bears who are, who are part of this finalist group that includes Devin Hester. It includes... Olin Krutz. Obviously, Lance Briggs is part of it, and I think I'm forgetting somebody else, which is very professional of me, but it's very nice. We're hopeful that everybody gets in, but can we just be honest and say, if if Devin Hester does not get in, there is something incredibly wrong with this process. When I'm thinking of the class, and I know Jared Allen's in there, did they finally put in Zach Thomas? I don't know. That That's a weird one that needs to be rectified at some point, but Devin needs to go in. Patrick Willis needs to go in. Chris Johnson is a first-time nominee. I don't know if he'll get in on the first time, but I think that he should be. I mean, once you let once you let Jerome Bettis in, you're like, well, now you got to let everybody in. Like it's you know when you go around and uh, you're inviting kids to your uh, your 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 child your children's birthday parties. Like once there's like the there's like a bar. Like once you've stepped over a bar, so to speak, then it's like, well, now everybody's here. Uh, but in any event, listen. We could talk about that at great length at some other point. I have a friend of mine, friend of mine, a Twitter friend of mine, because uh, I enjoy his work, because we're going to have a treat here uh, in a moment. Uh, he is, again, this is this, this is the one of the things about the Houston Texans. And again, I'm telling Bears fans, number one, do not sleep on this Texans team. Do not sleep on them as a franchise. This is a good organization, so I need you guys to chill out and not just disregard them like there's some afterthought. And the cool thing about about uh, Houston is that they've got great radio voices and joining us uh, right now. It is time once again, though, let's do it. Let's do ranks rivals part two. But if you are in the Houston area, you know, this next guest, his name is Jason Braddock and uh, let's just bring him on. Let's bring him on. Cause he's awesome. There he is. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Enjoying listening to you and Mark. Quick story, if you don't mind, Adam. Please. Uh, oh, my God. That's weird. I love it. Back in 2006, moved back to Houston from Denver. First time I ever listened to Sports Talk Radio 2006, Mark Va- Vandermeer, Andre Ware morning show. Got hooked immediately. Uh, and a couple of years later, I said, man, that's got to be a wonderful life. Talk about sports for a living. Let your passion go out. Meet wonderful people. And yeah. so I decided, uh, and that's one of the reasons, and I've told Mark and Andre this before, hey. but that's one of the reasons I decided to get in sports talk. I'm, I'm a high school graduate. I just, back in 2009, after my fourth child, I said, I want to work in Houston Sports Talk Radio. And then I just started grinding until I got there. 
Yeah, and you're one of the co-hosts of the Houston Football Show. You've made some stops around uh, the radio dial there in Houston. How's the show been going? Oh, it is awesome. Every Tuesday, myself and Pro Football Network's NFL insider, Aaron Wilson, also here locally, Texans insider for KPRC2 and Sports Talk 790. So my background, back in 2009, I took a football GM and scouting course under Russ Lande, a former scout and John Wooten, and uh, started studying the valuation process of it. Obviously went into writing with Roto Experts and different fantasy sites uh, back at that time. And then um, started finally getting into sports talk radio. So with this uh, Houston football show, it's year-round, once a week, insider show where you blend scouting, analytics, and inside information, 8 p.m. Central Time, once a week, every Tuesday night. We're loving it, and every week just gets better and better, and we want to just continue to grow it. Let me ask awesome. you something, Adam. I, yeah, if I, you were here in twenty uh, for the tech, the Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl in Houston, right? Yeah, Mark. Mark and I were talking about that. I said that Houston, and I, I'll, I'll repeat it again. Houston, uh, one of the more underrated Super Bowl host cities because I loved it. I, I, I had a great time in Houston. This is probably going to blow your mind because I seriously doubt you remember this. I was leaving Radio Row at George R. Brown yeah. Convention Center, walking over for media night. And who do I see? I'm like, that dude looks like Adam Rank. So I introduced right. myself. We had a short talk. I doubt you remember it, but it's crazy to come back full circle. Was, it, was it Tuesday night or was it Friday night? I believe. I can't remember. My recall is horrible. I'm not Mark <laughs> Vandermeer. Mark, you're like, Mark's like, do you remember that punt block in 2005? I'm like, yeah. no, no, I don't remember last week's game unless I go look at the film. Yeah, I, I I'm the same way. I I do believe though it was uh, Friday night. Okay, it was. Uh, I think I had just picked up because I was. It was in the media lounge because uh, at the convention center they have a media lounge, and you can there. And there was a guy. There was a guy named Nick who worked for uh, the Houston radio station in uh, the ESPN station. And I think I was with Nick because I went back to go get a magnet, and I remember meeting you, because you're also a fantasy person too. So right. That always stands out to me. So I think that we talked, I, I know that we talked a little bit of fantasy too. And I, I think if I remember this, if I'm remembering this correctly, we did talk about Houston as a host city. Cause I've been, I, I started glowing about it right around Thursday or Friday. I go, this is actually like a really cool place. We went to the, um, the eighth wonder brewery, nice. the downtown yeah. area. I don't know if the downtown area has continued to grow. I know there was a lot of construction going on. But it was really cool. Like, a, yeah, yeah. Like, a, it's a cool vibe. It reminded me a little bit. Like, anytime you have something going on in a downtown area and it's being rebuilt, it always reminds me of San Diego and the way they've redone their thing. But let's talk about a rebuilding football franchise. Sure. What's the What's the vibe of this Texans team? Because I a, a moment ago, like I I've been imploring everybody, they uh, this isn't like the challenge, and uh, this is a layup. You're going up against Veronica in one of the gauntlet events like this is a this is a tough team what's the vibe of this Houston Texans squad well, I'll tell you this. Over the last couple of years, you know, the Texans were right there as, you know, some were saying the laughing stock of the NFL with all the news. You you and Mark were talking about the DeAndre Hopkins trade briefly. Everything that went on the last couple of years. I was blown away when I got to camp this year and the complete 180. It feels like the stress is off the back. It feels like the weight's gone. Guys typically seem to enjoy being around each other, enjoy being in the facilities. It, and you know as well as I do. Now, the fans, there X's and O's, what's happening on the field, production, all that. But there's a human element to the game. And in mm -hmm. Houston, that hasn't been great. The atmosphere has 
and been great the last couple of years from the top down of the organization, from Cal McNair and his wife, Hannah, to Nick Casario, to Lovey Smith, Pat Pamela, to seems like there's finally buy-in. And they've been underdogs, eight and a half to the Colts, 10 points uh, to the Broncos. And they've mm-hmm. been in those games and they should have won those games, actually, yeah. up 20, up 29 and nine, plus 20 through the first three quarters, week one and week two. Fourth quarter outscored 27-0. So there's something happening there in the fourth quarter. There's a lot to do with it. Davis Mills does have to wear a a, a heavy a part of that burden. And uh, in the fourth quarter, he's just a different guy this year. But it is a completely different team. Uh, the defense is top 10 in red zone, goal to go, points, third down mm-hmm. percent. But outside of that, you'll see little new nuances of the game that you it's just puzzling like if you go back and watch Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon last week it was all contained the Texans rotate 5d tackles in and they were plug in the middle but when you plug something what it's going to score it out somewhere right yeah so when these Broncos backs were kicking it outside uh, there was nobody there. Either the linebackers weren't filling or guys were getting out of the position. There wasn't setting the edge for the majority of it. And that's something you have to do against David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, who I was a huge, huge fan of. Like I said, I've been evaluating for years. He was my number two running back in the entire draft last year. Oh, he uh, was. Dude, hey, he's most instinctual runner in that draft. We saw what he could do when he stepped up last year when Montgomery went down. If Montgomery ever goes down, Khalil Herbert's a household name. Yeah, I think the Bears intend to run them as a tandem. You know, they come in using that Green Bay system, and it's, you know, it's a work in progress. And I think at some point they would love to have them as their version of Aaron Jones yes. and A.J. Dillon and use them. I know they're, they're all four of them are different. But, right. you know, in a, in a variety of ways where you use that two-pronged approach, especially when you're trying to rebuild your wide receiver room, which the Bears are certainly trying to do. But you talked about Davis Mills because this has been a an issue, obviously. You know, in Chicago, we traded up. We drafted Justin Fields with the 11th overall selection. People are already like, well, we're done. Like, he lost one game in Green Bay. Now it's over, like, which is ridiculous. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible situation. I don't agree with it. I think that Justin Fields is going to end up getting – I think he's going to be a, a good quarterback. He's the quarterback that I wanted. So I'm not even sweating it. What is the vibe like? I'm using vibe too much, but what is the feeling like in Houston with Davis Mills? You you might have heard Mark and I talk about it. I really liked him coming out of Stanford, right? But he's a, he's a third round pick. He doesn't get as much consideration as a guy that you traded up for in the first round. What what is the feeling around Davis Mills? Well, I think that's a tricky question. If we talk about what's the feeling in the city in the building, they like him. There's obviously area. Mm-hmm. Has to improve it. He's been sacked five times in the fourth quarter in overtime this year. First through third quarter through two games, only sacked three times. He's holding the ball long. He's second guessing himself. He's got a little bunny hop when he jumps. And so uh, week one got blindsided, fumble, was shook after that in the fourth yeah. quarter. Week two took another shot, uh, another fumble. They recovered it as, uh, as well on that one, though. And so Davis Mills in the fourth quarter, has to develop because he's completing 31% of his passes in the fourth quarter this year. That is insane. And he hasn't played great on the road. Four touchdowns, nine interceptions on the road in his career. Insanely, 14 touchdowns, one interceptions at home. And the key with Davis Mills is that the lack of experience, that's why he lasted to the third round. It wasn't talent. I had a high second round grade on him. Back to Justin Fields, I had them one, two, three 
quarterbacks in the draft. I had Trevor slightly ahead of Zach uh, Wilson and then Zach slightly ahead of Justin Fields, like all three of the guys. And right. then Trey, Trey Lance, I had a late first on Mac. I had a mid second on. I didn't think Ooh. Mac was a first round pick, but I, I love Fields. I'm right there with you. He's struggling early. You don't have any weapons around him. It's similar to early in Colin Kaepernick's career with the 49ers. He had absolutely no wide receivers. And yeah. he's out there and they're running RPOs, zone reads, different things to kind of manipulate the coverages. And he's making them pay like the Packers in the playoff game when they took off for yeah. an incredible run. But uh, he has no weapons. And I think that's the reason why the Texans have a shot to go on the road and win this game is because yeah. these teams, you said something to Mark that I thought hit the nail right on the head. These teams are very parallel. And yeah, you know, yeah. not only the quarterback position, uh, just so many different areas. The Probably the biggest difference, though, is what the Texans defense is doing in top 10 in certain areas. The bend don't break. You know Lovey Smith's defense. Mm -hmm. They're going to tighten up once you get down there in the red zone. That's, that's who they are. Things haven't changed. He's going to have a lot of D-line, a lot of linebackers, rotate them, keep them fresh, and really try to focus on stopping the running game. What's hurt them the first two weeks is that they haven't been able to stop the run, especially on outside contain, and they haven't been able to stop the opposing number one wide receiver. Pittman went for like 120 yards. Cortland Sutton went for 120 yards. Problem with Chicago is, no disrespect men here, but you don't have a number one wide receiver. Whoa, hey, whoa, 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 hey, listen, I listen, I was fully prepared to come up here and be very complimentary. You heard me talking about it with Mark. I love Brandon Cooks. I think Nico Collins is a great receiver, a budding superstar, perhaps, in okay. the NFL. Darnell Mooney's a good player. Okay, like all right. He's not even your he's not even your top producer through two weeks. It's Equinemia um, St. Brown. And then your second most involved is David Montgomery. And yeah. so, so the situation we've had, here, we've had, we've had trouble getting him the football so far. That's that, uh, that I will concede, but I think it talent wise that I think he's awesome. Well, here's the thing uh, this week. And again, back to the parallel, especially with the quarterback position, uh, Trey Lance is out. Dak Prescott's out. So out of active quarterbacks that are playing this week, the two mm -hmm. lowest are playing in this game and uh completion percent below yeah. expected completion percent. Uh, Justin Fields is a le minus 11%, Davis Mills minus 10, give or, point, uh, give or take some fractions there. But these are two of the guys that have missed on passes they should be completing at 11 and 10%. Two of, uh, as far as active quarterbacks, the two worst in the league right now on the accuracy. And going back to the Bears passing game, you know this as well as I do, Fields 120 yards, one passing game, 51 came on one play. He only had 70 yards the whole rest of it. Almost 50% of his yards came on one play. Uh, the second week, 70 passing uh, passing yards. 30 came on one play. Rest of the game. If 50 to 60% of your um, production, uh, I mean, 30, 40% of your production is coming on one play in your passing attack, and you've got 190 passing yard attacks through two weeks, you don't have a passing game. He's got seven and eight completions uh, in those two games. That's what's been the Texans' Achilles heel, stopping opposing number one like Sutton and Pittman and peeling the curtain back a little bit because like what Lovey said yesterday, Derek Stingley is his number one. Steven Nelson is the number two. And he, he kind of contradicts himself because last week he says the Texans are worried about winning this year uh, over the development, all that. Well, if you put Steven Nelson the way he's played this year 
on Cortland Sutton in that game, again, you said the rookies are going to go develop. I agree with. I got a daughter of Derek Singley's age. So I understand they're yeah. young. They're going to develop and everything. That being said, if if Stingley's primary responsibility isn't Sutton and it's Steven Nelson's, Texans win that game. It's not a yeah, question. Yeah. There's not a question. So there's been some questionable decisions. I heard you and Mark talking about the Damian Pierce usage and everything. But uh, I think the Texans have an advantage here because of the Bears' lack of efficiency in the passing game. No, that's fair. And that is, I mean, that is, you know, one of the things I've been saying over the last couple of days is that, and this is, I, again, it's it's not a knock on the Texans. I don't think of them as a layup. I don't think of it as an FCS type of situation or anything like that. There's a, there's a healthy respect for the Houston Texans. But when you start off with the San Francisco 49ers in a game and a downpour, you go on the road to Green Bay in prime time, which, okay, thanks, NFL. Let's get that out of the way at least now so we can move forward. If, if things – and, again, I'm not saying that Justin Fields has to go out and throw out throw for 514 yards. But at least be competent. At least be – and I thought, too, when you started looking at some of the all-22s, you're like, I actually felt a lot better about Luke Getze, about like, okay, I, I see what he's doing. Justin needs to step up. And really, you know what, that, I think that's a fair statement. I think that's a fair criticism. And I think that's probably true of both quarterbacks in this contest of like, hey, listen, guys, like it's up to you. Like I think like Davis, like you've got good receivers. You have to trust them. You know, you can't throw everything to O.J. Howard. I know he threw two passes to O.J. Howard in the first week, but two good ones. But, you know, you got to start trusting your guys because you have good ones. And similarly, like even though you don't have necessarily household names, Justin, you got to go out there and you got to make some plays. So it'll be interesting. I um, I got I normally I would do a thing where we do picks. I think we both know we're we're both like I think we're both complimentary. There's no heat here or anything like that. But I got to ask you, Jason, because I know that you are a, a fantasy guy. And uh, I, I purposely left uh, an extra ticket to Fantasy Isle. And I'm asking, would, would you like to join me on Fantasy Island? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I, I, I would. You got two Sammy. tickets to paradise. Let's go. We got it. Sammy, roll the animation. Let's go to the island. Welcome to our Fantasy Island. And joining us now on Fantasy Island. No, Jason, I'm just kidding. But you're, uh, you, you're a, a writer for DrRoto.com. Uh, tell us a little bit about that site. Uh, Dr. Roto is a friend. I actually, the first podcast I ever did was 11 years ago with Dr. Roto. Mm -hmm. uh, we were both at uh, Mark Card Cardano, part of Sports Grid now, on uh, this little football site when I first started getting the industry called Extra Point Football. They were bought out by Roto Experts. And so we did stuff on SiriusXMs, but it all started with me and him doing our first podcast 11 years ago called Fantasy mm -hmm. to Reality. And this is what he, he really pulled me into the fantasy industry because he would run the one chair, I would do the two chair. He would lay it out. I would break down the X's and O, and he would give the fantasy spin to it. And again, this was over a decade ago. And so we really enjoyed the chemistry, and he's just a great dude. Uh, he was on Sirius XM for years, and actually one of his listeners saved his life. He had to get a, 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 a transplant. And, uh, and without that transplant, Doc wouldn't be here today. Listener donated. Uh, forgive me. I, I've 
my recall's horrible. As I said, I can't remember which body yeah. part, but uh, it, the listener gave him the transplant, saved Doc's life. And Doc is just one of the most genuinely authentic good guys around. Runs DrRoto.com, a great site over there. I have to write my wide receiver versus cornerback article later today. Gave my first uh, look at DFS week three for the DraftKings slate. So, yeah, just a lot of great talent over there. Chris Kennedy. Uh, when I was at Roto Expert, I worked with Jake Seeley and Pat Mayo. Yeah. And you could just see these guys' work ethic and knowledge. Chris Kennedy's the next Pat Mayo and Jake Seeley, the guys work, work ethic. And if you if you're a golf guy and you find yourself up there in Martha's yeah. Vineyard, he's also a GM of uh, one of the golf courses up there. So you have to hit him up, Adam. Well, I'll have to hit him up. And yeah, Doc uh, Pat Mayo, uh, one of the great guys, love going on with Patty Mayo. Although I don't, I can't remember the last time I talked fantasy with him because we're always talking MTV uh, Real World Challenge. But talking about fantasy, nice. I'm not sure if you're aware of this though that underdog fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, sign in using the promo code SICK, and underdog will double, double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Like, listen, if you're sitting there, you're bummed out this season because you drafted CeeDee Lamb or Kyle Pitts or maybe both of them, and you're like, I need to start over. Well, then you go over to Underdog Fantasy. Download that app right now. And again, just use the code SICK. There's, and it's not just, there's so many games. You will be enthralled. You'll, 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 you'll probably end up, you know what, not spending a lot of time at work. You'll be so enthused. So uh, check out our friends at Underdog Fantasy, one of the best sites out there. I implore you. So, um, Adam, I, can I jump up? on the underdog real quick? Please do. Oh, my gosh. The best ball drafts, the format, everything on oh. it is one of the best. Last year, I spent uh, so much. just doing, it, it's, it's addictive. Those best ball drafts, everyone loves drafting. If you like seasonal, mm -hmm. you love drafting, this kind of gives you the best of both worlds. Went over there, and I, I did so many best ball drafts, and it's a great format they use as well. No, 100%. If you're not familiar with best ball drafting, it is really an addictive way to play fantasy football. And – I am at some point will probably move exclusively uh, to best ball. And that's pretty much like whenever somebody, you know, asks me to do these leagues, not we do pros versus Joe's. We do the Scott fishbowl, you know, a lot of those big ones, but uh, normally when people are like, Hey, we're, we're raising money. I'm like, okay, either you get a donation or make it best ball. And if it's on underdog, it's even better. And there's a lot. So again, like, listen, you'll get a deposit doubled. So go in there, try it out. What do you got to lose? But a hundred bucks, but, Underdog's going to double it for you, so you're going to you're going to be just fine. Just use that promo code. Sick. I do want to talk though. We'll talk about Damian Pierce and everything like that. I think that if 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 I'm if I remember this correctly, did you recently tweet out about who is it? Isaiah Likely of the Baltimore yes. Ravens. Okay, you're on board with him, right? Dude, I didn't evaluate him, so I got a late start on uh, draft evaluation. Peel the curtain back a little bit. I took the last year off to kind of work on myself. No, it sounds cliche and corny, but sometimes right. we have to do that to just keep got developing yeah. as cool. human. And so I got a late start on the draft process, really late. I didn't watch Isaiah Likely. I watched him in the preseason. I'm like, who is this kid? I'm originally from yeah. South Carolina. He went to Coastal Carolina. So I, I love pulling for Houston kids and South Carolina kids. So it's so not from South Carolina, went to Coastal. So it intrigued me. Then I watched him like, this kid is legit. And if the Ravens draft a tight end, there's a 90% chance he's going to be a stud. But yeah. this guy, you know I mean, and especially with the limitation on the wide receiver depth. Now, I love Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman, if 
probably the closest thing to Chad Johnson route running uh, coming out of the draft. Love Rashad Bateman. When you have a mobile quarterback and something Chicago has on their side with Justin Fields, that mobility with two stud running backs behind you will open up the passing games. They just need the studs in the receiving game. And I do like Darnell Mooney. Hasn't translated this year. We've seen it in the uh, most recent years. But uh, the mobility is such, you know, such an advantage. I, I always remember this stat one. Vince Young and Kerry Collins were taking reps for the Titans and Chris Johnson's running crazy games that VY was under center and that mobility was out there. Chris Johnson averaged 30 more yards a game. So that's something that's something that that return is going to come uh, in Chicago. And it's already coming in Baltimore. Rashad Bateman, his value is going to go up week after week. No, I love, listen, I love that offense. I know too, you know, because Greg Roman's offense always just funnels to the tight end. It's not a Lamar Jackson thing. It's just the way that offense is run. And we saw it in San Francisco and everything like that. So that's why during the, during the preseason, when I was talking about likely people are like, well, he's a backup tight end. I'm like, yeah, but like a backup tight end in Baltimore is like the wide receiver too. And like a, like on a different team. So it's like, it's, it's worth having him. Like you're not starting him, no, but you know, he's good. He's good to be rostered. And I think that And listen, I don't know how you feel about this because I'm not giving up on this guy. Mm -hmm. Everybody's freaking out about Kyle Pitts. But I think that, number one, he went up against New Orleans week one. New Orleans has handled him in in all three games he's played against him. New Orleans doesn't allow him to do anything. Last week, he was going up against the Los Angeles Rams, and they decided to put Jalen Ramsey on him. Right. How do you feel about Kyle Pitts? Like, do you think that he can, you know, rebound? Because I know a lot of people invested a lot of draft capital on him. Um, with the ability to move, line up at wide receiver, tight end, uh, shift them into favorable matchups that he's going to get value. The problem is is he's limited by Mariota. I mean, you don't have a true stand in the pocket, go through your progressions, hit the guy, get him the ball, no matter what, think it out. It's what, let's go back to it. The mobility side of it. You've got a wide receiver return man running back in Cordero Patterson. I mean, they're going for matchup problems. With Mariota, they know they don't have a ton of receiving options, so they're going with making the defense rock back and forth on their heels and the toes. Are we going backwards? We're going forward. And that's what you have with Mariota and uh, Cordero Patterson. But it only gets you so far, and Mariota's just not uh, an efficient passer and taking advantage of small windows. And with the, the matchups you talked about in the first couple first couple weeks for Kyle Pitts, we're talking about minimal windows that Mariota has to make those dime type throws in. And that's not his game. You give him some zone looks, let him open up three to five yard windows, let him pop it in there. You know that it, you'll play to his strength. But at this point, uh, the limitations in the quarterback play. You know, I just want to know how on God's green earth, Arthur Smith finds a way to scheme open Delaney Walker. Nice. John who Smith. All these well guys, said. and you've got you've got a six six freak. Figure it out. That's all yeah, I'm asking. What's his wingspan? Like seven foot? I mean, I Nine, think he's like yeah, I twelve think like, feet. No. Yes, 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 yes. So in, maybe off an inch or two, right? Man, whatever. But how how? Because that's that's the whole thing. Like Delaney Walker had some of his best seasons with 100%. Marcus Mariota. So I'm like, no, oh, this is a slam dunk. And then you've got a unicorn. It's going to be amazing. And it's it, it it hasn't worked out, and people are people are angry. But listen, since you're you I know your expertise lies in the wide receivers. I want to talk about some wide receivers. I mentioned them a moment ago. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I mentioned it in my head. But Ceedee Lamb 
is another yeah. guy. Oh, I was talking about when you're talking about underdog. CeeDee Lamb has been frustrating, and I got caught up in following – I'm going to blame Matt Harmon of Yahoo Sports for oh, leading me down. I'll, I'll blame Harmon like all the time, but, oh, man, I wanted to resist CeeDee Lamb. I bought in in a couple of places. Have complete, Well, I've had him in like some dynasty and some keeper leagues. Sure. Is this ever going to turn around? I know the tar- the targets are there already, and it's not producing. Is it? Is it ever going to turn around? Is, is Ceedee Lamb going to be a legitimate number one wide receiver at any point? Uh, I, if you ask for the season, I say one hundred percent. But where we're at right now, uh, we were talking about the stat completion percent minus expected completion percent. The only two guys worse than Justin Fields and um, and Davis Mills this season are Trey Lance and Dak Prescott. And it surprised me with Dak Prescott. But I was like, wow, so he was really missing that. And you go back and look at C.D. Lamb the first week. What do you have, a couple receptions on like 11 targets? 11 targets. Two receptions, 11 targets, if I'm not mistaken. And then you come back this week and it's more efficient. So whatever it is, rushing, get them the ball. There will be PPR value. But if we're talking about like a DraftKings or FanDuel or whoever main yeah. slate, you're looking at that price bracket. Here, I wrote it down in for an article yesterday. That price bracket for wide receivers where CD's coming in at, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you've got Pittman at 6,900. If he's healthy this week, Matt Ryan's going to throw him 20 targets. Uh, uh, Waddle's the number one. They got two number ones in Miami. They're going to take 60, 70% of the targets. Uh, Mike Williams at 6,700. Waddle, 6,800. Pittman, 6,900. CD, 6,600. You can't pull that trigger. Mike Williams showed you he's a true number one when Keenan's out of the lineup. He's going to get you the touchdown production with Herbert if he's even 70, 80% of himself. All those yeah. other guys, the value is so much higher in that tier. So he he kills your value because I don't think the touchdowns are there. Yeah, that was one of the things. I had to trade, I had to trade him this week for James Robinson. I just I needed a I needed an RB2. I have a team that has Justin Jefferson and Rashad Bateman, and I'm like, I'm gonna make this move. And if CD blows up. So be it, but it's like I can't I can't go through the heartache every week with him. I'm still on ETN. Now, Adam, I love your expertise. So let me, if you don't okay. mind, let me pick That's your fine. brain on this. ETN, Trevor Lawrence, obviously we know about the chemistry at Clemson and everything. This guy, every game at Clemson, I'm a Clemson fan. I grew up a Clemson fan. Yeah. Let me just pull that back. Uh, uh, it's the only team I really still pull for. <laughs> I don't have allegiance anywhere else, but Clemson, you know, I love them. And I watched every snap they took. Every game, if you gave ETN the workload, there's a 40-plus yard play coming. Week one, I think he had like four carries. One went for 27 yards. He had like two receptions. One went for 23 yards. These are 20-plus yard plays. Now, everyone's like James Robinson. He had a good game, but almost 50% of that production came on one run last week. You take away that one massive run, 30, almost 40 yards, and – him and ETN are both right there in that two to three yards of carry range. The running game's struggling there, but the fact that Robinson has value is that he's getting those short yardage goal line carries and everything else. And Lawrence yeah, no. was one of a few quarterbacks to throw 600 plus passes last year. So I there's mean, efficiency there. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, comment sick. If you're listening on audio, please leave a, st- a, a five star review and write sick as well. It helps us out. And it allows us to continue to put out great content like this, have great guests like Jason in as well. So we really appreciate that, everybody who's listening and watching and continuing on through this after party. Now, you talked about, well, that's been, it's interesting to talk about Jacksonville because I think that James Robinson's value does come from the volume. 
I love Travis Etienne as well. And I would be buying him if I could. I think people are still holding on to him because what I saw in week one is that he dropped a touchdown pass that happens. Trevor Lawrence missed him on another one. So you look at the usage, you're like, okay, he's he's on the cusp of being really good. I just really think that the way that the Jags are broken down is that, number one, Christian Kirk is their number one wide receiver. They're, Absolutely. They're making a mistake. All of us who thought that Evan Ingram was going to be a thing, like that might not work out because I think they really like both running backs. And as we see, you know, we, we look around the league, we see what the Packers are doing. We see what the Broncos are doing. We see what eventually the Bears will probably be doing. Even Houston's doing it a little bit with Damian Pierce and uh, Rex Burkett. These teams just run two running backs. Like there's just, it's very difficult to find those situations where it's a singular running back and he's going to get all the carries. Both those guys, James Robinson and Etienne, have 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 uh, have uh, capabilities to be very productive. So I really like that. So you know, I'm comfortable with James Robinson. I mean, he did have that big run. I mean, that's the he thing did. that we talk about. But I think it's with both players because, like, Etienne has not been like we're expecting him to pop up. That's I think fair. both these guys have big playability. That's why I would take a risk. I'm probably going to take a bath. I'm going to look like an idiot, which is fine. But I had to make a move. I had to get rid of C.D. Lamb. Plus, I have Dalton Schultz. I sometimes when you go through drafts and you're not thinking, you're like, "Oh my God, did I just double up C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz?" And I was on the air. That's why it was. That's why it was. Oh happening. yeah, yeah. Now that, that, when you're trying, we did a draft at drroto.com where me and uh, Jonathan Danger Cole we were hosting while we were drafting. It's, it's, I don't think you know unless you've done it. It's one of the more difficult things because you're keeping the conversation going. You're playing yeah. your part at the same time. You're looking at your board and you're like, okay, I know who I want. And then so, that guy, uh, whoever it may be, gets taken while you're over here doing this. And you're like, all right, let me go select him. And you don't even realize he just got took a pick or two before. So it's it's a lot of balls up in the air and drafting. You know, you have to kind of play chess with it, with your roster building anyway. So it's a lot to do while you're broadcasting live. No, 100%. And so I I lost out on that one. But let's talk about some wide. I don't want you to give away everything that you're going to give. I want everybody to go out and read your story. And by the time this is released, hopefully your your article will be up on uh, drreto.com. Who is who's a good give us our who's who's the guy we should be looking at wide receiver wise this week? Who's going to pop off? Uh, I'm going to break down the wide receiver cornerback. We got a wide receiver cornerback tool over there. It shows where they're taking the reps, who they're matching up, match up percent, all of that as well. I'll break that down, write that up a little bit later today. But what I did write earlier in this week is I took guys basically by tiers and told mm. you in each tiers, uh, which was the guy like guys that I liked in those tiers, but who's the one that if you're going to go with one, you're going to pull the trigger. Who's it going to be? And let's start with that top tier. You know, you got Cooper cup, 9,900. He's getting 14 to 15 targets every week, but you're going to pay a premium for it. You've got Devonte Adams, $1,500 left at 8,400. Justin Jefferson, 9,300 chase. 100 like all of those guys but if you're going to say all right i'm spinning up on one who you're going with i'm taking the discount of Devonte adams 900 Ooh. under justin jefferson and 1500 under cooper cup and a lot of the reason why we know renfro went in concussion protocol towards the end of that game so if he's not 100 percent, if they're not targeting as much the uptick's going to be there for waller and Devonte adams who we saw had 17 targets week one the titans defense you know both of these teams are 0-2 and, and yeah. 
um, the Titans don't surprise me. The Raiders surprised me them being 0-2. This is a better team than that on both sides of the ball. I think they really start to click. The chemistry's there from Fresno State with Carr and Adams. And at a 1,500 discount of Cup, he's already got 17 targets week one. Last week, people were going to be down on him. Like, well, what do you have? Two catches, seven targets, or whatever it was. So they're yeah. going to be down, not want to pay off. Zig where they zag. Uh, that's what I like to do. Uh, if it makes sense, don't do it just to do it. But here it makes sense because the Titans, they've got one really talented corner in Kristen Fulton. Uh, didn't play last week, injured, limited, I think, yesterday in practice. Then you've got other guys like Caleb Farley. They don't have the DBs to hold Devontae Adams for longer than a second. And so I think Devontae Adams' workload is going to be heavy this week, and I'm taking the discount, and in that, too, I'm going Devontae Adams. I like the matchup a lot. All right, and uh, listen, if you want the rest of this great information, uh, you got to go to the website. We, we, can't, we can't make you give it away all here, but I love Devontae Adams this week as well. It's interesting with the Raiders and the Titans, this is the third, this is the third time in NFL history that two teams who made the playoffs – have met in week three, both teams being 0-2. Wow. And, and the and the road team has won both both contests. Oh, that's not a great that matters. No, not that's that a matters. great nugget, though. You've got to drop that. I, I didn't even know that. That's a great nugget. But uh the the, the little things that we do right there is uh but listen, uh, we're gonna let you go. I want to thank you so much for being here and uh being a part of the show. And it's a lot of fun, as you can see right there. You can follow them on Twitter at Jason with the Y. Jason Braddock and follow all of his great work. If you're a fan of Houston football, or if you're a fan of fantasy football, he is somebody you should be following. And uh, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thank you guys for sharing the airwaves and, and sending out the invitation. I appreciate it. It was a joy. Uh, enjoy the game Sunday. Yeah. The pleasure was all ours. Thanks. And maybe we'll, uh, well, we'll do it. If you want to come back to the Island, you know, you have an open invitation. That's an open-ended ticket. So anytime you want to join us again, just let us know. Oh, absolutely. Anytime, reach out. Let me know. I'm here. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Thank Adam. Y'all take care. Thank you, Jason. It was a blast. There he goes. The, ga- the great uh, Jason Braddock. What a great, oh, a twofer of ranks rivals that transitioned into Fantasy Island. Sammy is doing great work booking this show, and I want to thank everybody for being a part of the program today. And, you know, this is going to be an interesting time for the Chicago Bears. Like, this is the one. This is This is where we will allow you uh, to be a little panicky if things don't work in our direction. But again, like this is a uh, this is a good team. Like we're not going up against a slouch. We're going up against a team that's very formidable. But we can rattle Davis Mills. We can get to him. We have the defense to do it. And I think that Matt Eberflus has coached against this Houston Texans team quite a lot. So he, he it, this is a very familiar foe. Yeah, I know you think about playing the Green Bay Packers, and you're like, ah, oh, there's a lot of familiarity to the fans. There is. To Matt Eberflus, this is a game where all the familiarity is on his side. He knows this team. He's studied against this team twice a year for the last four years. So this is the game where we should go out there and expect the Bears to really go out there, have a great game plan, really limit the Texans, and, of course, offensively, hopefully start getting back on track because we we're, we're too good. There are too many good players for it to look like it looked on Sunday night. Now, I want to thank all of our sponsors once again. Underdog Fantasy, really appreciate them coming aboard. Again, download the app. Use the code SICK. If you need an air purifier, Air Pura is there for you to protect your family. And, of course, if you're in the Southern California area, 
Rip Beer Company is the place to be on Sunday morning. We'll be watching the Bears game there. I will be a half hour late. I will be doing the fantasy show on the whatever, whatever app they put it on. I don't even know. Like, we do a fantasy show. They're like, hey, you got to do this show. Like, where is it? Is it on the red zone? No. Is it on the network? No. But I don't know. We do a show. Uh, and apparently, it was very important for me to be there this week. So, in any event, after that show, I will be at Rip Beer Company, hopefully, to see a Bears victory. So, for everybody here, for Mark, for Jason, and, of course, our great staff here at Sick Media, Sammy, thank you so much for everything. Let's go get a win this week. Bear down and go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura.